0: Um, I appreciate the opportunity uh, Pastor Steve and Mamie, if you don 't know, are my parents um, they are they, they, they each had their own little 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 adventures they went on here in the last week. My mom went to go visit uh, their second favorite child, uh, <laughs> Hannah, my sister <laughs> in Virginia Beach, and my dad had an opportunity to go out with uh, go out way out west uh, the ten sleep in actually go on a hunt with an old friend of ours. So my dad's hunt was successful. Uh, however, he just got back from a two-day road trip after sleeping on cabin cots in the mountains for a week, and then now a two-day trip. He just arrived back yesterday, so he is trying to figure out... And, oh, he also had a four-hour time change, so he's trying to figure out which way is up right now. But he did want to send, uh, send his regards that he misses and he loves all you so much and that he is so happy... He is so happy because the weather is getting colder, and that means that there's going to be snow. The guy is relentless, right? He's relentless. No, but I'm, 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 I'm very excited to, to share, share with you this morning. Um, I, what I love about God, and I, I, I was thinking, you know, whenever I'm doing my, putting the message together, and I don't know, you, you just have... <laughs> I'm sure, you, I'm sure no one here has ever experienced this, where you're supposed to be really focused on something, and you know, you're focused there for three, four minutes, and then all of a sudden like, you're thinking about like, the, the Jell-O Jigglers commercial from like, 15 years ago, You know, just like, why is this populating in my mind? So as I'm, as I'm doing the message, I, I, I thought back to whenever I was in high school, and we went to this one uh, youth camp. It was, it was a church youth camp. And I remember this one particular service where, you know, God really showed up. And it was amazing as I'm looking around. I, I still remember this. Or I still remember, like, taking a moment and looking around at this auditorium with, you know, there's 120 teenagers there. And some of them are, some of them, you know, it's after service. You know, people were praying with people. Some of them were crying, right? Others, you know, that you could see they're just totally overjoyed. You know, you can still see other people praying for other people. And it was amazing to see this big, it just reminded me, like, man, there's this big just range of emotions going on right there in that room at that time. And what I love about it is that our God is so personable that he knows each of us fully. And that he is able to impact and reach you in your life specifically for what you need, if you let him. That's the amazing thing that God has given us. Because, you know, in that service, I remember it still. There were some people far in the back just sitting there like this. Totally disconnected from everything going on. And it's amazing to me that you have this, this God who, you read in the Bible, it says that with the breath of his nostrils, he splits the Red Sea in half, right? I mean, it's, it's not like this is a difficult thing for him, right? He can pretty much operate at will as he would want to within this earth to do anything. I mean, what's reality to a guy that created the very fabric of time and space? And yet, he'll totally respect you that if you want absolutely nothing to do with him in your life, he won't interfere. I mean, it's, it's amazing, but it's also very frightening that you have the ability to tap into this Infinitely powerful God that loves you exquisitely, that knows exactly what you need in your life, that can help you physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, anything. And But yet, if you don't want to, he'll never be a part of you. He's a perfect gentleman, but he loves you so much. And maybe today, this message is going to be just the one more chance where he's coming and knocking on your door to get you exactly what you need. So I encourage you this morning, I really want all of us to open, open our hearts up to hear from God, and maybe hear from God in some areas of our life that before we've kind of labeled the, you know, the, the thing of God that it's like, hey, this box right here, we're going to put some things into it. We're not going to open that to eternity, Lord. You know, I, I, I tried to deal with that before in my life. It did not turn out well. You know what? God knows the answer through that box, those things that you wanted to put away, he knows how to open that up and then deal with those in your life, even if they're frightening, even if they're scary, even if you think that it's going to cause you damage. He's the one that can turn that around the other way. Things in your life that you thought were thrown away, gone, lost the opportunity. Anyone ever feel like that? I mean, gosh, I, I, I feel like that sometimes. Like, I had a chance to do something. God had something there for me, and, and I missed it. I missed it, in the, and it's almost like its almost like you, you almost feel somehow it's like in your heart. It's like I'm, I'm constantly chasing that one moment to get back to that. I, God, just, just open that door one more time. And maybe today it's not that we're looking. We're looking to God say, open that door. And God's saying, no, 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 no. There's another door that I want to open in your life that will give you the very same thing, but you have to go through the second door. What do you say, Pastor Ben, what do you, where's, where's all this going? What I want to do is I want you to understand that our God is able to access us on so many different levels and give us so many different things of what we need. Maybe it's something in the past that you wish changed. God's not going to alter your past, but he can certainly rearrange what the future looks like for you. If you think that you've gotten to a point where I'll never achieve this, or I can't ever make it to be this, God's an infinite God of possibility. In fact, all of His promises—if you, it would take you—it would if you listed them all out within the Bible and you read them all, you would be astonished of what He has put before you. And above all of that, He just—if—if—if if, if you say, "Well, I haven't read all that," I don't. Here's here's the sum. He says He's the perfect Father, and it says that He doesn't want to withhold any good thing from His children. What you need today, I'm going to let you know that the Holy Spirit, I've prayed it. I've prayed that the Holy Spirit would speak it to your heart. Whether it's something very big that you need or something very small that you need. I don't know. I don't need to know. But God does. So as we dive in today, I want us to open our hearts. Open your hearts to hear from God, and maybe that thing that comes to you just at that moment, and you're like, no, 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 God, it's not that. Maybe take a little bit longer to pause with it, and okay, God, maybe it is this. What do we need to, what do we need to look at? And I promise you, as you approach God like that, he's going to open up new possibilities for you that you never considered in the past. But here comes again. It's up to us to make that decision. So as we get in today... The, I went back and forth, and I, if, if, here we go, truth time, title of today's message, we got it about, you know, like four hours ago, okay, like truth time, kept, kept trying to f- figure out what it is, what it is, what do we want to call it, what do we want to call it, and so it's finally, what I, what I kind of arrived on is find God on the wave, because I think it's pretty simple to say our life, at least my life, I can speak to my life, can't speak to yours, but my life is anything but just one straight linear line, right? No, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm going to clarify that. My life would be one straight linear line if I didn't have to deal with anybody else, <laughs> right? I mean, we all, we all love folks. We love people, right? But, you know, they, they throw some curves, do they? No, you know? And then there's like, then there's the family angle of throwing curves. And you're like, these aren't even curve balls. These are like, you're throwing mortars at me, man. No, but God, God knows where you're going to be at in the waves of your life, and he is always willing to find you in those waves. Sometimes those waves are easy, sometimes those waves are not so easy. So the other, this is a, a give you a little story from work. Um, a couple weeks back, so I, we've been, I work at home, uh, and I, I work as a, a project manager, so, you know, I'm in a lot of meetings. And we're in one particular Zoom meeting, and so, you know, the pictures come up of everybody on Zoom, you know, and you're talking. And, and the meeting starts off in... The title of the meeting was just a little kind of ambiguous for, you know, for our work of understanding exactly what it was about. You know, sometimes you get the meeting where it's just all you get is the subject line, and they don't put any bullet points of, like, what is actually going to be discussed. And so you kind of go in, you're like, oh, what's, I don't know, we'll see what happens. So this one particular meeting, we go in, and there's probably maybe, I don't know, 12 people in it. And so the, the person starts off, and they're like, hey, I want to talk about this part of our network, da 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 and this other guy just goes into this long diatribe of his, what he thinks needs to be done in this particular situation. And, and I, you know, you, I, I find that it's a lot of fun to watch in, uh, what other people, you know, have in their Zoom, what their Zoom, what was going on. You know, you could tell the ones that are, you know, off the side working on an email or something else. You know, you have some people were like, it's like, man, you've got to adjust the camera. Like, it's just like this much of their face, like, constantly. <laughs> Like, surely, like, you could see yourself. Somebody help them, right? So as he's going on, I'm starting to realize what this meeting is about. And this fella is just going off on it. And I'm, I'm recognizing, like, this meeting is going to have nothing to do with what he is talking about at all, even in the least. And so I'm, as we're going on, like, I message the person who's organizing the meeting. I'm like, is this, is this what we're, you know, we're talking about? No, not at all. And there, I don't know. I mean, it, it was their meeting, but I'm in my mind. I'm like, Well are you gonna stop him? You know, he's just kind of going. You know, the, you know. It, so I finally send them a message like, hey, you know, I, 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 we're not discussing that. This is. I think the meeting was going to be talking about this. He goes, and you can see him as he's you know going on. And you see him look down. He's, so that's that's all I got to say on that. I'll, just, I'll I'll pass it back over. You know, go ahead. And there's just like that. Long pause of uncomfortable silence. <laughs> where it's like, I don't know how long this guy was going to go on for it with, this, with it, but somebody finally let him know hey, w- we aren't talking about this. He came to the realization, he's like, all right, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But have any of us ever been like that in a conversation where you come into a part of a conversation and you, you, you got no clue what's going on and you know, you're, you're trying to be that participant in the conversation where you're nodding your head? Yeah. Yeah, and you're asking those real real kind of general questions, and when was that? Or how about this one? Let me, let me let me clarify this. Somebody comes to you and they start describing something that happened to them and they're really worked up and they're leaving out all kinds of details about like what really happened, and you're like was this last week? Was this did this just happen? Do I know the person they're talking to? Like what what is going on? And like, but you don't you don't want to be rude because At that point in the conversation, you're already kind of like invested to the conversation. You know, you don't want to be like, man, that sounds terrible. What what are you talking about? (laughs) You know, like, what? You don't want to do that because you feel real out of place. But I find that sometimes in my relationship with God, in my time with God, there's things that I want to bring up to God and things that I want to discuss with God and things that I feel like are super important. And God, if I, if I spend enough time seeking on it, it's almost kind of like God's like, you know what, that's, that's, that's great and all, but I want to talk to you about this. And you know, I, I find there's an example of this with a guy named Job in the Bible. I'll never forget, one of our, one of our youth groups, uh, one of the kids was reading through the Bible, and he goes, uh, hey, Pastor Ben, I just, I just, I'm at this point in the Bible, it seems like it's a really tough time. Uh, this guy, Job. Oh, man, everything's just really bad for him right now. <laughs> so like, okay, no. so I talked to him about it. But Job is a guy, just to, to give you a high-level summary, this is a, time, this is a time before the Ten Commandments. This is a time, you're, you're talking about the time of Abraham, like way back then, way, way, way back in the Bible. Job's a guy that looks like he has it all together. Everything seems like it's lining up for him. It actually says that he was incredibly blessed in the Bible. Job has some things happen to him. And I'm not talking about like, oh, man, I lost some of my sheep. You know, that's really bad. No, Job has his entire family, his sons, his daughters, all wiped out, killed. He loses everything that he has. And Job is left with his spouse, who is not the greatest encourager, who at one point tells him, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Thanks, babe. You know, like... (laughs) And I was, I was thinking about, you know, how to bring this up to God, you know, and maybe you know, I'll, I'll take it under advisement, you know, and see how it goes. No, but Job is starting to wonder, wait a minute, I did everything right. So I, I want to talk about some things with this. Do you know Then he has some friends show up and his friends are not all the greater, greater encouragers because they're like, well, Job, we know God's just. He wouldn't just do this to a just person. So you must have done something wrong here, buddy. And Job's like, uh, no, I don't think I did but we think you did. Right? And there's this, if you read, and I'm I'm summarizing it, I will tell you, if you read the book of Job, it is one of the most beautifully written books in the Bible. Job and his friends, these are not a bunch of, you know, stooges coming together. They're incredibly well-spoken. Their conversation they have with each other is beautifully poetic. These are people that understand and have, they have experienced God. It's not like they're doing this in a vacuum. But Job gets to the point where he says, I want to talk to God about some things with justice. I don't think this is, this is justice. This is wrong. I need to, we're going to have a conversation about justice here, God. We're going to talk about this. I wish you would show up and maybe I could present my case to you. God shows up, right? Here's the, here's the weird thing. God doesn't even mention a word about justice not a word. He says, hey, hey, Job, do you, do you understand anything about, about how I created the oceans? And Job's like, nah, I, nope. Hey, Job, you're so smart. And he, man, if you read some of the way that God spoke to Job, it's like, oh, man, there's, there's some, it's getting saucy in here, right? Because he says, how about you, he basically, says, how about you pull up your pants and you answer me like a man? Can you explain to me? How I designed this earth. Were you there? Surely you were there and you know. And he talks about, well, what about, what about, what about the animals of this earth? Surely you understand something about them and why, why they do what they do. And, and Job finally gets to the point where he says, I've spoken once, but I'm going to put my hand over my mouth and I won't speak again. And God was almost saying, look, buddy, you can't even grasp the entirety of creation. How are you going to talk to me about justice? And it was almost like Job was in that meeting, that Zoom meeting. He wanted to talk about some things. But whenever God showed up, he's like, no, 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 no. I got something else that I want to talk to you about. In light of everything that you suffered, the death, the destruction, the devastation, can you still trust me? Will you have the humility to let go of what you think is justice and take on what I think is justice? Now, I'm going to be honest. I can't speak like I've lost everything that I own, my family, everything around me. I imagine that there's, and if you read that, you read that, you read that book, Job is on some waves. He's, he, he feels like, yep, God's got me, and then it's, mm, I don't think he does, yes and no, yes and no. In the end of the book, though, Job realizes, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. He's able to come to the point to say, I don't understand all this, but you know what, God, I'm still going to put my trust in you. I don't get the suffering. I don't get everything that has happened to me. I don't understand it. And you know what? Job never gets an answer for it. But whenever he comes to that place of humility, yep, I'm done. Lord, I will trust in you. And all of a sudden, by the end of the book, it says that he has more than it, than what he started out with. He was more blessed, more revered, everything restored to him. But it took Job to come to that place in humility of, wait a minute, maybe what I want to talk about isn't what needs to be talked about. Maybe that's your wave. Maybe there's some things that you want to bring up to God based on your experience. God, I wish you would give me this answer to this. God, I wish you would talk to me about this. I wish that I had this. I've prayed, why haven't I gotten This. Maybe you're on that way, but maybe that's not exactly where God wants to, the things that he doesn't want to address with you right then. You know, sometimes this whole thing of experience, it it can be hard to necessarily follow. I I love myself to be kind of like a a do-it-yourselfer, right? Amanda always finds me, you know, if there's something that goes on in the house, it's like, well, I'm going to go to YouTube, time to learn something, right? So I decide that this one time I'm going to do my brakes of my car, right? I've am I'm gonna. I've never done my, and you have to understand, for me, a car is like you open the hood, and you just pour in some potions, you know, and like some elixirs, and magic happens, and then I can drive my car, and it's doing stuff, right? I put that gas stuff in every once in a while, and the rest of it, I don't know what's going on. So I decide I'm going to do my own brakes, right? Because I don't know. I guess I thought it was a great idea. So I watch the YouTube videos, you know, and, and I get my car up, and you know, I, I get the, I get the, I get the, the front wheels off, you know, and I'm doing the the brakes, the calipers, the whole deal. I'm feeling like, yeah, I'm getting this right, you know. So the, the the wheels are off, I'm getting it all set, you know. You gotta you gotta drain a little bit of the little bit of the brake fluid, you know, and then you gotta like taste it to make sure it's still sweet, you know, and it's at the right consistency. And so, see, look, the one person gives it to me. Everyone else, you're like that conversation, like, oh, yeah, is that is that right? Like, I don't want to stop. I'm just gonna keep it going. No, 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 no. No so I get it off, and the front i, I got the, I got the front back on, but I go to the back right and i i for the life of me cannot get this thing disassembled and I'm, and it's like i don't know i i looked at I looked at youtube the archives must be incomplete I don't know i mean I'm like, what's going on here this isn't it didn't happen like this for these people what's going on with with me like i they're they're like Ugh. And it, you know, it's coming. Up. And here I am, like pulling this stuff. I can't get it. Well, watch more YouTube videos. Watch more YouTube videos. Everyone else can get the back off. Why can't I? Right? I'm going. I'm going here, and I'm and I'm not kidding. One hour passes. Okay. Surely I'm missing something. I don't know. I'm going through and going through. Two hour passes. And like, there's that, <laughs> there's that, that moment that kind of sets in of like. That, that, that feeling of failure, it's like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. It's like, so what am I going to do with my car? <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So I decide, I, I don't know for what reason, I, I open my front door and, and I look and uh, those of you that understand vehicles will, will laugh. Those of you don't, you can still please laugh. But my, my, my parking brake's on. <laughs> it's like, well... No amount of strength was going to overcome this one here. (laughs) So sure enough, parking brake goes off. Everything else comes off. Easy peasy from there on out. But right. But here I was. I'm looking at everybody else's experience. And I'm thinking, what is not lining up in my life that this is happening to me right now? Right. And, you know, and I'm praying, you know, like I'm asking God for help, you know, Anyone see, like, that Holy Spirit activate thing? Like, I'm trying to do, like, I'm trying to get God to help me with this stuff. And it was was like crickets, and then I just opened the door and said, oh, yeah, here we are. But maybe that's where you're at in the wave. You've looked at other people's experiences, and it's not lining up with what I expect it to be. I don't get it. You know what? I'm sure King David probably felt like this the guy that gets the promise hey you kill goliath it's going to be a golden path for you and after actually before this with, with, within all this he is chosen to be the next king by the prophet i mean david david's thinking like well this is pretty well lined up you know i'm going to we, we we got the giant down you know we we're, we're just going to i'm just going to walk in you know and, and, and be the next king and then all of a sudden you go read through the Old Testament, the guy is running around for years in caves under the threat of death. Watching the guys that are supporting him being picked off. His closest friends. And then he's, he's further, and if you read some of the Psalms that are associated with David, bro, that dude is on a wave. Because there's one psalm that talks about how downcast he is and how much in despair he is and how my, my, it's like my, my flesh is rotting on my bones. Like, Jesus, man, that's a bad day, right? And then but what does he say then? My soul, hope in God, for he will restore me. And I'm sure for David, he looked at, well, well, Saul didn't have to do all this to be king. Why am I having to run around like a fugitive during all this time? But you know what David's humility was? This may not be the experience that I saw, but Lord, I'm going to stay with you in this. So I want to encourage us. Your experiences that you have, it can create a gap in your life of where God really wants to speak to you on. Because it's easy to look at somebody else, or it's easy, I'll even say this, it's easy to come to a Sunday morning and hear a message about how God answers prayer, and then you go and, hey, I follow, I, follow, I, 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 I really, I listened to the message, I, li- I listened to it twice. I went online and I listened to it. Like, I got this down, right? I prayed, I did everything I saw in the, mess- I saw in the message, and I didn't get an answer. Well, what's up with that, God? I mean, am am I being honest? Has anybody else had experiences with God where it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't what I imagined. This isn't what I read. This isn't what I prayed. So what are we left to do? Do we just stay right there? Or do we try to realize that, wait a minute, maybe there's something more dynamic to this that I need to be aware. And you might even say, I can't even get to that point. If you want to go to the next slide, you might say, my relationship with God looks like this. I am all over the place trying to come in line with him and be like, there's that one moment, man. There's that one point in that message that everything's coming together. Man, I'm feeling it. It's good, it's good. And then I go home and my children are not my children. Who are, what are these things that are now in my house? You know, I was ready to go home and apply this message of love And now you kids, you kids, you, it's your, is it really their fault? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Lord, help Amanda and I this morning. (laughs) Right? Because you feel these moments where it's like, I got everything right in line. And then all of a sudden life happens. And then all of a sudden it feels like, well, where's, where's this balance again? I'm all over the I feel like God's all over the place. I can't ever figure out how do I really get a prayer answered from God? How do I really figure out what is healing? Other people experience healing. Why can't I experience this healing? Other people get blessed. Why can't I be blessed? Here's the thing that I want to start us off with, and I want to be absolutely honest. None of us are dealt the same hand in life. None of us are dealt the same hand in life, guys. I'm going to tell you, some people, you are going to look at their lives and think, man, they have it easy. You know what? To you, it may look easy. Not to them. People may be looking at your life and say, man, they got it easy. I wish that I had what they had. And, you, and meanwhile, you're like, "Uh, oh, you want to open these doors? Like, no way, right? But beyond that. Not all of us are given the same disposition in the starting place that we start off with in life. You know, you think of, you think of like, like the voice of the martyrs. You think of the people that were born in some of these countries. I mean, whenever we were doing the Operation Christmas Child, I was talking with, with my son Warren about it, about what we're doing with it, you know, and explaining why we're doing it and why we buy this, these, these toys for the kids, you know, and explaining the organization, you know, this is just one part of what they do is the toys. You know, they're also, they're providing food, they're providing education, they're doing a whole bunch of other things with this. And Warren, you could tell that it really hit his heart. He's like, so, so do, they, do they, if we give them, he was actually like, if we give them this toy, do they even know what this is? Like, have, do you, would, have they ever seen something like this before? Will, will, will they, does anybody, do they have moms and dads? Do they, do they have electricity, you know, because we're saying no electronics. Do, they, have they, do you think they've ever watched TV? You know, do they know how to read? And it was starting to see, you could see, like, it was really starting to hit him, like, there's a big gap between my life and somebody else's life. And I think that's why it's important for us in the body of Christ that we pray for one another. Because I'm going to be honest, some of us are started out in much more stable states than others. Well, what do you want to say? Does that mean God's unjust? No, it doesn't mean that he's unjust. Because he gives us all the same solution. He gives, a, he gives all of himself to us. So it doesn't matter where we start. It doesn't matter what we've experienced we all have access to the same living God that can provide us with what we need in our lives. But sometimes whenever we hit these situations, and you know, you think of King David, how easy it would have been him to react with anger. And maybe that's how we react sometimes with God whenever we don't get what we've expected or whenever tragedy strikes. Maybe we want to go to the victimhood. This is just, all of these things just happened to me. And so instead of going to God for solutions, what we want is just pity out of others. And that never satisfies. God wants us to recognize that whenever we encounter things in our life that are not ideal, to whatever varying degree, whether it's minor inconveniences or it's catastrophe, he is able to get you what you need. He is able to speak to your heart. But here's the key thing. You can't just go after then the one particular promise. So let's say I need healing. Well, I'm just going to focus on healing. Oh, Well, it says that he is the healer. Don't just focus on the scriptures. Go after the God that provides it. He can give you much more than just one little particular thing. And I find that in my life, Whenever I'm struggling with something or I'm trying to have God, I'm trying to receive something, something from God, a lot of times my answer to my problem isn't the direct answer that I've imagined. It's something different. If we could go to the uh, scripture in Exodus, if you guys want to turn to this, in Exodus uh, 3, 3 14. And while you're turning there, I'm going to set the stage. So the children of Israel they are in the captivity of Egypt. They are being mistreated. And they have been crying out to God for deliverance. God chooses a man, Moses, who, I'll mind you, I'm going to point out something. I'm going to point this out and I'm going to really hone in on this. The Bible says that Moses was one of the most humble people. He was the most humble man on earth. Job, Received his blessing after he did what? He humbled himself. And then David was a man after God's own heart. But if you read and study the life of David, the one thing that always came back is he was humble to admit his faults and submit to what God wanted. There's something to that. There's something to humility to say, God, it's not about what I want. It's what you want. So Moses has this encounter with God. And Moses is saying, God says, I'm going to go. You are going to be my messenger. We are going to go and deliver. We are going to mess up Egypt big time, man. We're going to wreck it. And we're going to get my people out of there. And we're going to go worship in the wilderness. And Moses kind of asks this question. He says, well, who do, I, who do I tell him to send to me? And it gives you a picture, though. Moses wasn't intimately acquainted with what, who Jehovah was. He asked him, who should I say sent me to do this? What's your name? God said to Moses, I am who I am and what I am. And I will be what I will be. And he said, you shall say this to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now on the surface, you're like, is God talking like a preschooler with this? Like what is, some of this doesn't make sense. But whenever you think about it differently, it makes perfect sense. God was able to be anything that those Israelites needed to get out of Egypt. Because I'm going to be honest, yes, they all suffered from the oppression of slavery in that situation, but do you think God was aware of their individual needs? Yeah. Do you think they were all the exact same? No. Why? Because now that is a message to that individual person. Who is delivering me? I am. Well, who is I am? I am anything you need me to be. I am that to you. I am that to you. Well, I don't know if I can get behind that. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> there you are. You shut the door. Wait, you mean to tell me he just told you that his name was I am? That's it? Like, everything? Everything? He's, he's, I am. Anything that I need, he is it. That's my deliverer? The, what, he can do anything for me? Whoa, two different ways to approach it. But here we go. Next, if we go to that next slide with the wave, here we are now. It's almost like we're approaching God on this. Where do you want to line up with God at? Where, is this, is this normal? Is this how it works? So, I want to to talk to you guys for a second about... You're going to stick with me. I'm going to try to make this as easy as possible. Number one, I want to let you know, I am not a particle physicist about what we're about to talk about. But I want to do talk to you about something called... uh, About quantum mechanics. And you say, whoa, what does that mean? And that means, Sam, you can't make the next leap until you listen to the rest of the sermon. (laughs) Anyone? Yeah, quantum leap. All right, we got it. (laughs) Anyways. No, but there's this idea that light is, there's light waves, right? And they also said, well, light, yeah, it's, it's waves, but then there's individual particles of light called photons. And they can measure this. This isn't, like, made up. They can measure. They can figure it out. And so they said, well, we, we want to do this experiment to see how light behaves. You know, it's, it's a particle, but it's a wave. You know, what is this? So they, they, they come up with this idea that, well, hey, how about this? If we take a board that has just two slits in it, and like, well, if I poured sand on the board, what would happen? Well, it would go through the slits and just pile up, you know, right under those two, those two spots. Like, well, let's see if we, we do that to light. Let's see what happens. Let's see. What, let's see. So they come up with this experiment, it's, and you can look it up. It's called the uh, double slit experiment. And if you go to the next slide, they... The, I, they, they what they did is they shot these individual electrons at these two slits. And they know that these these little particles they travel in waves. And so whenever they shot it through, they noticed, well, it went through those two two little gaps, but then it was interesting. They they started to see it spread out on the other side. And whenever they started to measure it, they were like, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's it's actually behaving like a wave. The middle parts in there had more. The outer edges had less. And it was like, there's that wave of light. But then they, 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 they said, let's, let's, they still had some questions. And they're like, let's, let's take this one, one step further. We're going we're gonna to take this same experiment. Because they, they were starting to notice, there's more that have been received on the optical screen than what we actually sent in. They're like, well, how, how does this happen? This doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So they said, what we're going to do is we're going to start to have a, a, another device on the other side. After, that light go, after those electrons, that light goes through it, we're going we're to measure it and try to capture how many individual particles are coming through. To know whether or not you know, it's bouncing off the, the front or it's actually getting through. We're going we're to track this. And you're going to say, this doesn't make any sense. And science, this is, this is like the most honest area of science because they're actually saying on this, look, well, we, we can't explain this. So if you go to the next slide. Oh, here's, a, I missed one. So this is, this is kind of the idea of what happened whenever they saw the waves of light. They're noticing that it's coming through, and it's coming through just in that, some dark spots, some light spots. It's a wave. And all those little dots represent the little little particles that are coming through. So whenever they observe it, go to the next slide, they put a camera, not a camera, <laughs> it was the detector there to be able to measure the, fo- the, little, the little particles going through. And whenever they Measured it like that to actually count them. Whenever it came through, it only went through in two, two instead of a spread. Everything was the same. Sent the same light through. Same nothing. Nothing changed. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. How is this possible? Literally, by measuring it, they changed everything. Whenever they wanted to watch it and see exactly what happened, it changed everything. And scientists, to this point, they are baffled because they're like, wait a minute, a particle can't know that it's being watched to do something different. How is this possible? So they redid the experiment. And they're like, all right, we're going to go back. We aren't going to watch anything. We're going to just see what happens. And sure enough, whenever they stop watching, guess what happened? It went back to the other way. And if if you go online, you look at some of this stuff, I love it because most all of them end with, This doesn't make any sense. If you think this doesn't make sense, it doesn't. And if you know how this makes sense, please, please, please let someone know because there's a Nobel Peace Prize in it for you. (laughs) But it's so honest, it's amazing. So the the if you if you want to go to the, the, the next slide. So here it is. Whenever they would look at it and observe it, it's the top. It would come through just in two. But whenever they just let it be and they went and saw the result afterwards, they noticed there's that wave pattern. Stronger in the middle, weaker in the sides. Just like a crest of a wave. And I say, what on earth are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. God made this. God has the explanation for why it's doing what it's doing. But there, the scientists can't comprehend it. They're saying, well, it's a particle and a wave at the same time. It's two things at once. How is this How can it be two things at once? They can't figure that out. But I think this is what happens with us, with God. We see somebody else's experience, and we watch it, and we want to replicate that within our own lives. And so whenever we go to try to replicate that within our own lives, we notice that we don't get the same outcome it's like the top experiment I watched it well here's the two ways that it should end up it's either this or this and whenever we approach God we're expecting God here's the answer to my prayer that I want I want this meanwhile maybe we're praying for God to bless us financially and whenever we pray that prayer we're getting a little nudge in our heart that we need to start walking in love more with our in-laws That doesn't have anything to do with my money to God it does Whenever we start to take our experience and we say, God, it has to line up just like this. This is the way it is. We're limited. And whenever we don't get that outcome, we, unless you are an incredibly self-realized, humble person. I'm not saying like that's me. Trust me. I'm just just a gesture here. Unless you are a self-realized person, you will put that blame onto God. And you will say something is wrong on his side, not on my side. But if you approach it differently, and you come to God and say, God, I know that you are I am. I know that my problem is complex. I know there's not a firm solution to it. I will do whatever it is that you want me to do. All of a sudden, it's like that bottom wave pattern. Now the possibilities open up. God says, now we can work. I know you didn't get the outcome that you wanted, but there's more that I have for you. I'll give you an example with this. So in my life, I mean, I, 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 went, to, I went to school once, whenever I was out of high school for Bible college. My Be a minister, that's what I wanted. Full-time ministry, full-time ministry. Served in a lot of big churches. Got to really be exposed to the, the possibilities of what it is to be in full-time ministry. Man, that's what I want. That's what I want. Lord, that's what I want. And you think it's pretty noble. Lord, I'm giving this to you. I want to do this for you. I want to give my life sacrificially to you. I want to do this for you. And now here I am, I'm 40, and I'm in part-time ministry. Well, how does that, where's, where's the missing piece with it? So I started, to, I started to pray. This was the thing that had taken a lot of time praying with God. God, what, did I miss it? Is there something that I'm not doing? Is there something that I'm not doing? Lord, help me. Under And, and I tell you what, there, what do I do? What do I do? I'm talking to other pastors or the ministers trying to figure it out. Am I Am I off? Did I did I do something wrong? Did I miss something? Am I not praying the right way? Is my heart not open enough? Here's the thing. So I've been blessed, God blessed me, with a a job working with a company and for full time work. But all the while what I looked at that job as is hey, that's the stepping stone. I'm only there for a little bit and then I'm gonna move on into full time ministry. And you know, that's that's just this. It's just an inconvenience, just a little thing that I have here. You know what God said whenever I was praying? And it was pretty, it was pretty blunt to me as I'm praying about, you know, Lord, I'm I'm looking for the right opportunities. You know, what, I, I want to be in ministry full time. I want this, you know, I want our church to grow. I want to have this. And you know what his response back to me was? Why do you not treat your job like a blessing? Because it was meant to be a blessing for you. Right. Like, um, so, uh. I really want to do what you want me to do, God. He's like, well, then I want you to look at your job like it's a blessing and not treat it like something else. It took some humility. And you know what? I'll be honest. There's a little bit of confusion with it. Because I'm thinking, well, God, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want me to make a secular job important to me instead of giving my life for the ministry? Yeah, that's what I want you to do. And it was, okay, then I will. And I asked God to forgive me. And I changed my entire attitude towards what I did with my work. And I'm going to be honest with you. The moment that I did that, the amount of blessing that I have received in my life, not just in my, in fact, I I just got a new promotion at work, that I didn't even ask for. They came and asked me. Hey, we'd like you to. We we think you'd be a good fit for this job. Would you like to do it? And they're like, you only have to interview. We'll just, we'll, it'll just be a formality. We'll just get you through it. We've been blessed with a new home, and every step across that we have taken. I, I'm not. I did this. Had this happened to me in early, earlier in the year. Ever since I did that, even people that I know, even people that aren't. I mean, whenever we're going through the whole just our home buying process the one person said, my gosh, everything is just coming up Ben. Like, it, it not even stuff I'm trying for. It's just roll. Of blessing just continues to roll in, unexpectedly, in ways that I didn't even think about it, nonstop. Well, why? Where, where did that happen? Did you pray for that? Well, yeah, I've been praying for financial blessing, of course. I mean, who doesn't want to be financially blessed? Everyone does. You know, God provide my needs. But you know what? It didn't happen until I changed the attitude of my heart towards something that God gave me that I was treating like it wasn't a gift from God. If I had been in that top particle pattern, only two ways, only this, this is the only way, God, that I can get it from you, I would have missed on everything else that God made available to me. And so this is what I want to encourage you today God is multifaceted. It's not like he there's just one way that you receive something from him. There's more than one way that you receive something from him. And it's not always the way that we anticipate either. In fact, I want to give you just a quick look at this. Whenever God said that I am, he says I am. I am everything that you need me to be. I am. Don't limit him. By saying God, I can only receive in these couple ways. I'm telling you, the blessing that God has in your life is far beyond anything that you can imagine. In fact, the Bible specifically says that in Ephesians. Beyond anything we could even think, He wants it for you. But you say, "I don't know." There's a lot of things that I need. I'm going to give you just a quick rundown of the names that God gave Himself throughout the Bible. And just see if one of these fits. It says that he's the advocate, the perfect sacrifice, the resurrection and the life, the shepherd and bishop of souls, the perfect judge, the Lord of lords. It says that he was the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. It's helpful to know that Jesus Christ understands some of our rawest, hardest feelings the head of the church, the master, the faithful and true witness, the high priest, the door, the living water, the great physician, the way, the truth, and the life, the bread of life, the rose of Sharon, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, the true vine, the Messiah, the Savior, the teacher, the Holy One, the mediator, the beloved, the branch, the good shepherd, the light of the world, the image of the invisible God, the chief cornerstone, the son of righteousness, the greatest servant, the author and perfecter of our faith, the almighty everlasting God, a brother, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the prince of peace, Emmanuel, the God that is with us, the day spring, the day star, the king of all kings, the prophet, the teacher, the bright and morning star. I'm gonna tell you, there's not a human alive that there hasn't been something that God is not able to provide for. God doesn't care where you're at in your wave of life. The way to get in tune with him is to allow him to access you on all points of the waves. Things are going good, stay in touch with him and Be humble. Things are in the middle. We got it. You know, I'm able to manage. Still, don't think it's just you managing. Let him help you. And as the worship team comes up here, don't forget that if you're on the bottom of that wave where you feel like I'm hitting rock bottom, there's nothing left. I have no answers. The I am has your answers. They may not be what you anticipate. And here's the thing, I can't give them to you. No person can give them to you. But I can tell you that it does say in Matthew 7, that whenever you seek, you will find. Whenever you knock, it will be answered. Whenever you ask, that you will receive. Does that mean it's just a one and done thing? No, it's a continual life pursuit. God, I'm searching for you here. I'm not getting it. I'm going to make an adjustment. But do we make the adjustment? It's up to us. But I'm telling you, whenever you humble your heart and you're able to say, God, you know what? Maybe there's some things I need to change in my life. Maybe there's some simple things that I need to change. It's the way I speak. Maybe it's how I interact with my spouse. Maybe it's how I interact with my children. Maybe it's how I interact with my coworkers. Tell you what, every little adjustment that you make starts to get that wave in sync with him. Maybe it's how you come to service on a Sunday morning and how you worship. Maybe it's your prayer time that you spend individually. Maybe it's what you read in the Bible. Maybe it's just reading the Bible. I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit does. And I'm telling you today, if you ask him today, he will give you an honest answer. And that first thing that comes to your heart, whether it's uncomfortable or not, that first thing that comes to your heart should be the first step you make to getting on that wave with him, because God is able to do all things for you, to be all things at all times. It's not a hard concept. They just figured this out that, wait a minute, our universe behaves like this? Scientists can't explain it. The Bible's explained it for thousands of years. The one who can be all things can be those things for you. Before we leave today, if everyone could, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around, everyone being respectful. For those of you listening online, the most important thing that you can do to find God is to accept him as your savior. And it's a simple process. It's you admitting that I have no control over my eternity and I need a savior to purify me. I need a savior to put me on the path towards heaven. I can't do it on my own. If you're here today and you've never done that, You've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior. You've never asked him. I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me, and I want to do it. Maybe you're online, you're listening to this, and you say, I don't know that I have that kind of a relationship with God, that he is my Savior. That's the whole reason why he sent Jesus Christ, to be your Savior, to give you that perfection that only comes from him. I want us to do this, everyone in here, it seems that we're all born again, but I want to do this for the sake of the folks online. I want us to pray this together. And this is what they, you, you hear it called the sinner's prayer. It's simply asking Jesus Christ to save you, to be the Lord of your life. Just say this with me. Say, God, I know I need a Savior. I need Jesus Christ to save me, forgive me, And make me your child. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen.